Uh, it's great to be together with you all today to come and worship and so encouraging already the, the scriptures that have been shared and the encouragements that have uh, that have been brought. Um, so, yeah, it's been great. We are going to do something a little bit different now than uh, what we have been doing over the last few weeks. We're going to kind of hit pause on our, uh, our worship series. We're going to come back to that next week. We feel we've got another week there that we wanted to touch on. But um, we're going to... Uh, what we want to do today is just share something that we as the eldership team feel that God is really speaking to us about uh, that will um, really kind of help shape the, the coming months and with all of the changes that are going to be happening over over the coming months nationally, globally, uh, and as we continue to, to journey through this season that we're in. Um, and so it was, uh, I'm trying to think when it was, it would have been... Uh, Thursday of two weeks ago, I think it was. Um, my plan was I was going to spend some time uh, doing some bits in the office and then have some time in prayer and really seeking God uh, for what he wanted to say to us as a church. And I was in the office and, and the person who was looking after the office that day came up and said, it was about 20 to 3, half past 2, I think 20 to 3, they came up and said, we're going to be closing at 3. I thought I was going to have till 5. So I was like, oh, OK. So I quickly, my plans were, were already changing. But I thought, actually, what I'll do is I'll go and use that time. I'm going to go for a walk. Uh, I'm going to seek God. And if you know me, if you've heard me talk, you probably would have heard me say that I'd like to, I find it much easier being outside uh, when I, and, and and walking in terms of hearing from God, I find it very helpful for me. So I used that time uh, to walk. What I did before I left was I put in my pocket, I, put a, a, I printed a copy of a dream that Barry Pepiat had sent to us as an eldership team to think about. And I uh, printed that off and I folded it up and I put it in my pocket um, and I took it with me. And I, I was walking around and I was, pr I was praying and I was seeking God and I was saying, God, what is it that you've got for us? What is it that you're saying to us? at this time what is it you want us as leaders to be doing and how to be leading and I was like God we just really want to hear what you would say to us and then in that moment I thought you know what maybe God has already spoken to us and so I took out this this dream that Barry had shared with us and I spent time thinking and praying on that and from that point loads of stuff was just coming through my mind and I felt God really highlight a number of things which is what we want to come and share with you today but almost just as a starting point you know sometimes we can be asking God what is it that you've got for us what is it that you want to say and he's saying I've already spoken to you and just it really it really kind of brought me back to the to the wonder of uh, body ministry and the gifts that he has given to us and it was just a, a great couple of hours that I'd had as I was just walking around and contemplating on this dream that Barry had shared and just seeking God as to what he would want to say and kind of weighing that and then being able to share that with the elders and uh, with the other elders and, and being able to kind of journey through that together so the best place for us to start then is to actually share with you what this dream is so I've asked Barry uh, if he would do that I thought it'd be great to be able to hear from from the man himself as he was the one who shared it with us so he can share with us what it is uh, that God has been speaking to him about and then I'm going to come back and again just unpack a few things and share what I think that God is speaking to us at this time um, through that. Hello, can you all hear me? Yeah, it looks good. Right. Okay. Right, I'm, I'm just going to read uh, the dream. I've, I've written out very sort of almost uh, briefly, not trying to put too much into it. And, um, and then I've just got a few thoughts as well, which I will also go through. So this is it. I was on or near a beach which had just had a tsunami. The beach landscape and villages were all wrecked, destroyed, laid waste, almost total destruction. The tsunami had died down. Sea was rough but nothing like it was. As I watched the, the sea, the waves started to rise. A heavy surf was rising. There was a feeling of foreboding. Any hope that was left seemed to be eddying away. Fear was rising. As I looked out to sea, I could see the waves after waves were coming in. As I looked again, I could see something in the distance on the top of the waves. As it came closer, 
I could see surfers coming in on the top of the waves, rows of them. They all carried large backpacks. It appeared they were bringing relief to help restoration. Hope was returning. Um, I know that seems a bit strange, but um, that was the dream. Um, a few notes. It's just, um, I think that the effects of the tsunami <laughs> reflect the effects of COVID-19. I think the villages, etc., are more or less the world. The villages, etc., the world. I think that the surfers are his church, his sons and daughters, us. I think the wives are the Holy Spirit. So um, looking at this, I, I just want to say that um, I, I just think that the COVID-19 will still be with us for some while. So in fact, I think God is beginning to do things or he's already started doing things. But this is early days of what God is going to do. So looking at just these, these, um, these, these things, um, the surfers are his church. So God is, in a sense, I think, just telling us there's something for us to do. We've got to play a part in it, this. And I was just thinking to myself, uh, what, what um, do surfers uh, really, what do you need to do if you're a surfer? I, I, I think that, um, I mean, if you're a surfer, I've got, I've got my, um, uh, Sonny Law surfs a lot, and so does his daughters as well, I believe. Um, he would know what to do, but I've not got a clue. And in fact, it's something that would be scary for me. But I just really felt that we, there's a certain number of things that we just need to know in a sense. That we, to surf, I think you need to take a risk um, and you need certain equipment. and. Um, and I, I just think that we, what do we need to do? I think we need to really trust our coach, our planner, our creator. We need to know God. And I think also we need to know um, uh, who, who we are. Um, and we need to be ready. And I, I also was thinking about this too, that there's something to do. And I think it will take a risk. And it may be um, something we perhaps would be not happy with, but I think that is going to come. But I, I also realise that actually the most important thing in a sense of this is, um, is the waves. And as I said, I believe that these waves are the Holy Spirit. We need to be... You're on a, on a board, on a surf, you, you are almost standing on the waves and it's the waves that carry you in. And I think we need to be very aware that we need the Holy Spirit to do all these things. And also the other thing is that these, these surfers are carrying backpacks. They don't carry a huge amount in a backpack. Um, so I think there needs to be a lot of preparation in, in actually knowing what we need to pack, what we need to take, what, what is the plan that we need to follow uh, and what are we to do, to do. Knowing God will provide and will tell us, but I think that's what we need to do. We need to be, we need to be praying for guidance, encouragement, circumstances and pouring out the spirit. I think also we need to wait for the wave of the spirit. Uh, I think in a sense, um, what we're doing at the moment is limited because things are limited, but God knows that. So in fact, it's just a backpack at the moment, but there will be things in the future because I think God's going to do a lot more. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you, Barry. 
Um, that's great. So I don't know if you uh, were with us last week, we shared a word that Maggie had felt or something that Maggie had felt God has been speaking to her about seeing these flowers emerging through uh, through the snow that was melting and kind of tying it into the story of, of Narnia and how when Aslan comes back, uh, winter passes and spring comes and new life comes. And then on um, Maggie told us that in the in Come Sing With Me this week, when Lou and Nathan Fellingham were leading, they too picked up on this story of, of Aslan and how the king is on the move. And there's just this sense, this stirring that seems to be coming about, that God is about to do something great, that even though we might not have been able to see what he's doing, he has been working and he's continuing to work, uh, and that we're entering into a new season where God is on the move and I feel like what Barry shared with us and for us as an eldership team as we were thinking on it we felt again it's this 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 wonderful picture that actually where even in the midst of 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 destruction and really this last year has we could really describe it as that in terms of what's happened in people's lives and what's happened in communities and and in nations and yet within that where there was was waves of destruction that were coming now there are there's there's waves of of God at work. There's waves of the Holy Spirit that are coming, that God is going to be moving in power by his spirit. And I think, uh, um, yeah, we as, as a team, as we, we contemplated this, this dream and as we thought about it and, and spoke about it, we would agree with what Barry was saying. And in, in terms of that, the, the, the effect of the pandemic, they're still going to be around for some time, just in terms of how people are. Uh, the impact that it's already had and how people there's going to be a process of recovery there needs to be a process of restoration uh and i think that's just realistic as we look at what has already happened um and and just in, in terms of what the future will hold actually we will see the effects of what is going on for some time and we need to, we need to be preparing for that the word that came to my mind as i thought about this some more was really the word mobilize came to mind as I was thinking on some of these things mobilizing when you're mobilizing someone or you're mobilizing a group it's about preparing and readying for active service and I feel that this is and we feel as a team that this is a time of preparation and positioning for our church to be ready for what God is going to do and I think Barry alluded to this at the start you know what at the start of what God is doing and in these times it might feel like we're only able to help just a little but later on there'll be even more Later on, there'll be a, there's a promise of more that is to come in terms of uh, in terms of restoration and in terms of the 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 role of the church within that and partnering in with what God is going to do. So this is I think this is a time of of hope coming into a time of fairly hopelessness. If we're thinking about the way that many people are feeling at the minute, it's a time of what God is going to be doing. That's not to say that God hasn't been working in us already over the last year. He absolutely has done. And whether that's in terms of individual basis with ways that we've been able to support neighbours and, and support our community or whether we're thinking for the church uh, as well. Mike recently, um, we had something through from Mike to say that with Make Lunch uh, over the last year we've been able to provide the equivalent of 2,400 meals whether through vouchers or um, or hampers and that sort of stuff and all the craft things that have gone out with that as well so there has been work already but actually we're to keep looking for what God is doing and what God is calling us to do and this word along with the other words that have been coming through again from within our church but outside as well is God is about to do something but we need to get ourselves ready we need to prepare and it is that sense that God is calling us uh, to be preparing ourselves to be ready to join in with what he is doing. And we also feel that this will go this will go beyond the current season. But God is looking to mobilize us at this time that it's not. a Let's just wait. Let's just hold on and hold on. Actually, how are we going to use this time now? We have a part to play now. We're not solely looking for a time to uh, time to come that is down the line. Now, the thing that really caught my attention was the imagery of the surfers wearing backpacks, and it kind of really stoked my curiosity. I thought it's a powerful, it's a powerful image that speaks of us having something to bring, and not just as a church. Yes, there will be things for us as a church to do, but for each of us as Christ followers and Christ disciples, as we, uh, as Barry helpfully put, as we kind of 
ride the waves of what God is doing, as we partner with God with what he is doing, there are things that each of us are called to do. There's a part for each of us to play. And um, that, that's not to limit what God will do. I'm not saying this to kind of limit what God will do when we're thinking about this uh, this picture of this backpack and, and what is it that we're carrying, maybe just some of the basics at this time. Because there, there may be, and I'm expecting there to be opportunities for us as a church. I'm expecting there to be opportunities for us as individuals. You know, there, there'll be places that God has, you know, maybe there's places that God has got you where you'll be able to have a real significant impact in the lives of others. Maybe there's some gifting that you have, some knowledge or experience that you have that God is going to use at this time to help in this time of restoration, to help in this time of recovery and being good news and bringing hope uh, to those um, who are just maybe feeling hopeless or just not quite sure what is even going on at this time or not even sure how it's going to look like for them to journey forward and to journey beyond. And if you've got a backpack on, the thing about if you've got a backpack on, you've prepared yourself for something. You don't just go out of your house with a backpack on for no reason. There's a purpose to it. You've thought about what it is that you are putting in. You've considered what it is and you're only taking it out because you're intending to use it. If you're not intending to use it, what would you do? You'd just leave that stuff at home, right? You wouldn't take it with you. So there's this intentionality that comes here. You're carrying something with the intention to use it. Again, otherwise you would just leave it at home. And Barry felt when we, we had a bit of time chatting with Barry, he felt that the, the start, at least at the starting point, in terms of our preparation and in terms of our readying ourselves, that the backpacks are going to play a part in it, that they're not large things, but the basic necessities that are required. And we do feel that there are basic things for us to be preparing ourselves in and to be readying ourselves in as individuals, as we trust that God, not we trust that God will lead us through this, but actually looking uh, for what God is doing and partnering with him in that. So I want to share a few thoughts about what might be in this backpack. Now, this isn't anything that was particularly clear through. You know, Barry didn't say, I think these are the things that are in the backpack. He didn't get a peek within there to see what is there, to see what these basic necessities were. But I felt just my, my curiosity was piqued by thinking, what could be in there? What might be the things that God is calling us to? What might be these basic necessities that it is that we're to be uh, readying ourselves with and looking to use? Um, and I think actually what's happened over the last year in many ways has been a time of stripping away and in many ways it's been painful but I think it's actually caused many of us to to look at what are the basic things what are some of those things that have perhaps been peripheral that maybe while they were good actually what are the basic things and particularly when we're thinking about the church what are what is it that we are called to as God's people what does it mean to be a disciple what does it mean to be the church at this time and so we're just i'm just going to share a few thoughts and a few things that i want to put to you and say as as an eldership team these are things that we are purposefully looking at in terms of how we can apply these things in the life of the church but also for us as individuals to kind of take that responsibility to consider these things for ourselves and think about how this is going to work itself out in our own life i just want us um I'm going to read from Acts chapter three. Uh, this is a story that may be familiar to you, but it came to mind as I was thinking about this. And it says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which was the ninth hour. And a man, a man who was lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms. So whether um, provisions or for money. Uh, and Peter directed his gaze at him as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement as what, at what had, had happened to him. Now, there's a lot within that story uh, that we could uh, unpack. There's a lot 
within there. But the thing that really struck me and the thing that strikes me about that story is that Peter and John, they gave him what they had to give. They knew what it was that they had to give. They knew what it was that God had given to them and had entrusted to them to meet needs. And so they knew they were able to recognize what this man's needs were and they knew what they had to offer. And I think that helps. It's just a really helpful um, kind of draws questions out for us and things to consider in terms of what do we have? What are the basic things, if you like? What are the basic necessities that God has given to us? Yes, for this time, but not just for this time, but for whatever it is that God has called us to and what God has. As we look to meet people's needs, as we look to meet people in their brokenness, as we look to uh, be a part of what it is to see people restored again, whether we're thinking about in terms of the effects of the pandemic or wider than that, beyond that. Now, what I'll be sharing, it isn't anything particularly new, but it's more of a drawing back. It's more of a let's have a look at what are maybe when everything else is stripped away. What are some of the foundational things that God has given to us that we are called to give ourselves to? And I want to draw us back to them and just affirm those things again. So it might be that what I share, you think, actually, there's not anything new here, but it's just a re a realigning, a refocusing. Our, uh, just drawing ourselves back to what are the basic things and basic not in a not in a I don't mean that in a boring way or an unexciting way but actually what are the key things that God has given to us and that God is calling us to I think it's possible we're, we're at a time where we might not know what to do we might not even know what we have to offer our, our neighbours or our communities this, at this time. We might think we can see what need is there, but I don't know what part I can play in that. I don't know what the role of the church is in that. And actually, it can, it can, I want you to hear my heart in this. We can maybe overcomplicate things, but actually we need to come right back to thinking, actually, what is it that God has given to us? What is it that God is drawing us back to? And I do feel, as we've spent time pondering on this word, that is this time of preparation is a key thing for us. God is going to be, a, be on the move, but he's, he's telling us to be prepared. He's telling us to give ourselves to mobilization, to ready in ourselves and getting ourselves ready so that when God moves, we can partner with him and we can join with him in that. And we've actually we've we've started this year as a church with foundational things. Just as we felt God lead us, what is it that you want us to be focusing on? What is it that you want us to be giving ourselves to? If you remember right back at the start of the year, we went back to, the, to that greatest commandment, didn't we? That the best thing that we can give our lives to is loving God with everything we have, loving our neighbours as ourselves. And then thinking about if we're going to do those, how can we do either of those without the Holy Spirit's help? And then we were, we've been thinking about worship, really going back to the foundational aspects of worship as well, relaying foundations. And I feel that this, as we, we consider what God is speaking to us through this dream and through other things that have come through, it's that, it's that drawing ourselves back to the, the, the foundational things, drawing ourselves back to the key things uh, that, that aren't, they're not peripheral things, they're central to what God is calling us to. And if you like, everything that I'm going to share today comes under this umbrella of loving God and loving others. We've not moved on from that. That is absolutely what we are called to do. And one of the things within Relational Mission uh, is that we are a church for the broken world. We live in a broken world and we particularly see that and the effects of that at the minute. But the church is not to be separate from that. We are to be right there in the midst of the brokenness as well. We're meant to be loving. We're meant to be serving. We're meant to be caring through uh, and, and, and loving people well and serving people well through this time. So if you like, that's kind of the umbrella over everything that I'm going to share. But as elders, we feel that God has highlighted areas for us to focus on at this time and to consider how they are worked out. It may, I, I imagine that it will be that there will be things that will come through in terms of the life of the church and things that we put into place that will come out of that. But we wanted to share it with you at this time so you can be praying for us, but not only that you can be praying for us, but also so that for each of us as individuals, we can consider these things and prepare for them ourselves.
So as I thought more and more and I wondered what could these basics be, what could it be that is in this backpack, what is it that each of us has been given, I was reminded of what Mike Betts shared. Uh, it might have been a gathering some while ago when we were still looking at what are the key values or key things that God has called us to as relational mission of family of churches. And he spoke about E plus E equals C. Everyone a witness plus enough equals people being saved and churches be being planted. And as I prayed on this and was thinking, God, what is it that you're calling us to? What do we need to prepare ourselves for? What is it that is in our backpacks? I felt that God draw this back to my mind that some of the necessities that we are each to carry are our witness and prayer. Again, this might not be anything particularly new, but I just felt God draw us back to how foundational and central these things are, particularly at any time, but particularly at this time, as we wonder what part do we have to play? How can we join in with what God is going to do? Some of the necessities we're to carry are our witness and prayer. And I think particularly in terms of corporate prayer as well. This could be a time where God is calling us to be mobilized in witness and prayer, prepared and ready. Now, when I'm talking about witness, we find witnesses rooted in the call that we it really it's the central mission of the church to make disciples. And that in terms of everything that we do, whatever season we are in uh, and whatever God has for us in the future, that is central to everything that we do. And our witness plays a, a massive part in that. And that sense that we are each called to be witnesses. We are each called to make Jesus known in as much as we don't just invite people to church in terms of the organization of the church. We invite people to Jesus. That is what we are called to do, to invite people to Jesus. And in our witness, one of the things that actually going back to Acts 3, what we see is the way that Peter and John uh, were able to witness to this man in, in his life and find what need he had was through wonders, through healing. And if you've been around for relational mission for any time, you might have, might have heard us talk about this sort of this tool belt of words, works and wonders. That what, that's what our witness looks like through the words that we speak, through us sharing our testimony through us sharing our stories, through us telling people about Jesus. We also uh, witness for Jesus through our works, through meeting people in their place of need, in serving them practically. And we do it through wonders. We see in healing, miracles, uh, trust, kind of trust in the Spirit's prompting to see the Holy Spirit working in us and through us in the lives of others. And so if you like, within our within our, our backpack, we've got we've got another toolkit here that God has given us words, works and wonders. And we are to be led by the spirit and to dis, led by the spirit in who to go to, but also led by the spirit in, in uh, to discern, but also to do that. God will empower us by his spirit. Mike Betts says this in in the orange book, the relational mission orange book. He says, I can only be an effective witness through the Holy Spirit and through the same Holy Spirit, I can be a witness in any and every setting that God places me in. Part of what this restoration will look like, part of what God is going to do, part of this period of recovery that needs to happen and that God is going to bring about. We have a part to play in making him known through words, works and wonders. And it's not that we say we'll leave that to those who are gifted or we'll leave that to the evangelists. Each of us have been called to this. Part of our preparation, I feel we, God's already led us through part of that with the take a step initiative that we were doing. I thought that was so helpful. I know many of us were able to engage with that through growth groups. Others were doing it at other times. But here's the thing. I've heard some really great conversations that have been going through in growth, growth groups about how do we stop these things just becoming courses that we do and just saying, well, we, we've done that. And OK, so we almost like we've ticked that box what, uh, and it can be very easy for us to just move on from that. But we have to be very careful that that is not the case, because when we're talking about witness, it's not just courses that we do. It's about building a culture of that that it becomes who we are, part of, uh, becomes part of who we are as a, as a family, part of who we are as, uh, as God's people, that we are always ready and prepared and looking 
and willing for God to use us to make him known in each and every season, in each and every situation. Part of that is about practice. Part of that is about preparation. Steph's already spoken this morning, hasn't she, about some of these kind of reality uh, TV programs. One of the ones that um, is probably familiar to many would be MasterChef. And I always, they, they do these tests, don't they, where they give people, here are all the ingredients, you've got half an hour, do what you want with it. And I look at it, and I'm like, I would not have the first clue where to start with it. I would spend 25 minutes of my 30 minutes trying to work out what I'm doing and then trying to get something together at the end. But particularly when you look at the professionals that go in, they it's literally like they just take one look at the ingredients and they know what to do. Why? Because they have practiced, because they have prepared, because they've learned along the way what works, maybe what doesn't. At times they've maybe what they would consider they failed. They've not done what they've intended it to, but they've learned from it. And so it means that they're ready and prepared. So when the situation arises, they know what to do with what they have. And I feel like when it comes to witness, we need to be a people who, who practice and prepare, which why I felt Take a Step was so helpful as part of that, because it gives us tools that we can use, stories that we've already prepared, testimonies that we've already prepared, ways of sharing the gospel that we can practice, get into our hearts and get into our minds. It's not just to have something quirky. It's so that we are ready and we are prepared so that as the spirit leads us, we know that we are confident to do what he has called us to do. We also need to keep sharing our stories with each other, share our stories, whether we consider them to be a success or a failure, that does not matter. Let's share our stories of our obedience because what God is looking for is not perfection. What he's looking for is obedience. And I think that is what he will continue to be looking for in us and through us at this time. Where is he leading us? Let's be obedient to what he is calling us to. Prayer. It's also a culture thing. We're not a people who pray. We're a praying people. At least that's who we should be. Prayer is not just a tag on one of the things that we do. Actually, we are a praying people. And I think that this is one of the other things that God is calling us to. That is going to be an absolutely essential necessity for us in this time is prayer. In 2 Corinthians 11, Paul writes this at the start to the church in Corinth. He says, you also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. That was Paul's charge to the church. You must help us by prayer. The prayers of many are important. There's much that can be said about prayer. But I just want us to kind of think a little bit about the, the, the primacy, if you like, of prayer. Why is this a fundamental? Why is this a necessity? Why is this something that God is, it feels like God is calling us back to at this time? Mike Betts says this, he says, for Paul, his first plea for help was to ask for prayer. It was the thing he coveted more than anything else. It's almost like his gold currency. If they could give him loads of other things, he'd say, well, that's nice, but I want this. By all means, help me with finance, help me with extra workers, help me with strategy, help me with all the things that we are doing. But you must help us by prayer. It's the thing that he will not negotiate on. He won't settle. He realizes that if this isn't going on, that whatever else they're doing is not going to have the same impact. It's that important to him. In his thinking, it's the pressing need for the advance of the gospel. Nothing will happen of significance without prayer. That's a sobering thought. Nothing of significance will happen without prayer. So we must be giving ourselves to prayer individually, corporately particularly when we look into what God is doing. We can give ourselves to many things. We can serve in many ways and they can all be very good things, very necessary things. But if we're not doing it, um, if we're not doing it from a place of prayer, then we've missed something absolutely fundamental. We can't move away from that. Like I say, these are things that I'm sure you've heard many, many times. It's maybe nothing new. Maybe you were expecting me to share something different today. But we need to come back to what are these basic necessities. Do you know what the easiest thing about prayer is? 
The easiest thing about prayer is giving up. It's the easiest thing to do when it comes to prayer, because it's not necessarily something that comes naturally to us. It can be a struggle, but it can be easy to give it up. And Mike Betts, he, he acknowledges that in his book. And he says that lots of, uh, lots of us have given up prayer, sometimes for seasons, perhaps sometimes for years. But we need to be those who are persistent in prayer. We need to be those who press on through seasons where it's easy, through seasons where it's harder and more of a struggle, we need to press on. We need to be persistent. We have that wonderful uh, picture in, in the Gospels, don't we, of the, the widow coming at nighttime to the judge, constantly knocking on the door, asking for him to help her and give her what she needs. And she just keeps knocking and knocking. It doesn't matter that he's, he's in terms of his, his place in society, she's importunate. She's just coming back time and time again. And, and we're told this is how we are to be with God. Don't give up. Keep pressing on. Don't lose heart. Don't stand on ceremony. Don't think you have to be polite. Don't be rude, but just be real with God. Keep coming back to him. He's inviting us to do that. You know, prayer is something that we can learn and grow in. It's why Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. It's something we can learn and grow in and we must give ourselves to it. And if we look at the New Testament, the focus primarily on prayer is about corporate prayer. It's about what it is to pray as a family. It's what it is to pray as brothers and sisters. And the one of the reasons why corporate prayer is so important is because we need each other. And we need each other in prayer. We need each other to spur one another on. Sometimes when I don't, don't have the words to speak, when I'm praying with someone else, they pray exactly what it is that I feel. And I can join in with their prayer and say, yes, amen. Faith can rise when I hear other people praying. And so we need each other. Yes, we need to be praying in our, in, in our times when we're on our own, but we need to be praying together, whether that's the whole church gathered together, whether that's in growth groups, whether that's in specific meetings that we've called, whether that's when you're just meeting up with someone or chatting with someone on the phone. Prayer should be what we are doing. We must give ourselves to it. And I do feel like along with, with witness, this is one of the key things that God is calling us to at this time. And even in these moments where we're saying, God, what is it that you are doing? We can be giving ourselves to prayer and pressing on in prayer. Adam Voke, who some of you may know, uh, who is uh, part of the leadership team at Cornerstone City Church in Medway, but who also heads up the, the RM community that we are part of. He said this about prayer. They put something on their Twitter feed just of some snapshots of, of a sermon that Adam had done. And he said this, and I wanted to share it with you because I thought it was great. He said, when we turn our attention towards one another and towards God in prayer and worship, for me, when I look through scripture, that's one of the key markers of the people who are following after God. He also says that when we start to bring prayer into it, it's the church at its best. It's the church at its most vulnerable before God without anything other than turning our attention towards God. He also says that where is this growth in terms of our own hearts and spirits going to come? Where is the power in our witness going to be fueled by? Where is this breakthrough in terms of the freedom that's been spoken about even in recent weeks going to come? It's only going to come by the power of God. So why do we pray? Yes, because there's always hope in God. Yes, because you never know what might happen. Yes, because we see the pattern. But yes, because it's who we are. That is who we are. We can't lose sight of that. And I feel that's something for each of us in terms of our own preparing and readying and responsibility. But I think this is a time also for us to, to reimagine almost what corporate prayer looks like, not just to stick with what we've always done, actually, but to seek God. What does it look like for us at this time? And so I know that's something that us as an eldership team are thinking about. What does it look like for us at the minute? But that's something for each of us to be considering as well. So we've got witness and prayer. I want us to, if we jump back to our Acts story, as Peter and John come to this man, actually they realize, they recognize that his need wasn't actually financial. He needed God to do something else. But actually for some, the need is financial. And that is a need that needs to be met. And at this time that we're in and the time that we're entering into, whether in the immediate or part of the recovery for some, maybe even for many, will have financial implications. 
It will be about financial needs, needs being met. It will be about restoration of their finances, whether in the short term or whether long term in terms of jobs and, and, and that kind of thing. So actually, one of the things that we felt was one of the basics um, in our bags, if you like, is around financial resource and financial provision, because there's going to be a need for that. And that actually ties in with our upcoming gift day. We've got our next gift day coming up, as you will know, if you've been with us, uh, or if, if you don't know, we have four gift days set apart within the year. Two of those would be given for something specific for the purposes of the church. Over the last few years, we've used those gift days to fill the, the gap in our budget between our income and our expenditure uh, to enable us to help us to, to do the things that we, we know that God has called us to. And we're, we're actually in a position this year where with this upcoming gift day, we feel as elders and trustees actually to change the focus of this gift day. And we feel that God is calling us to something different, partly because um, the way that our finances have gone, our expenditure, because of everything that's happened within the pandemic, our expenditure is much lower than it was. And so the needs are different. Not only that, the response to our first gift day was was overwhelming. It was wonderful. Pretty much everything that we had been asking for or trusting for over two gift days came within that first one. And as we were considering this dream, as we were considering what God is calling us to, we felt actually that this gift day, we want to give this gift day to part of what it is that God is calling us to prepare for and ready ourselves for. And so we've got our gift day coming up on the 14th of March. And what we're going to do is we are going to ask you to consider and invite you to give in a way that we can we can prepare and we can have some finance available that we can earmark to look to give away. To, to, to be able to help those who have financial, who have a need in some way or to be able to support in some way where people are going to be getting help and assistance. So it's going to be marked for those who are in need locally, but also in ways that we can encourage and thank key workers and those who have been on the front line that need some uh, just ways in being able to bless those and, 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 and serve those and thank those who have really been giving their all at this time. I'm really excited about this. I feel that God has got us into this position where we can we can change the focus, if you like, of this gift day because we're entering into a different season. And actually now there's an opportunity here for us to give in a different way for something different. So we're gonna to look to give it away, to help those in need locally, and as a way to thank and encourage those who have served so diligently. We're gonna put a team together made up of elders, trustees, and the wider church, who will be able to work together and decide where that money is going to go. People they're aware of, individuals or groups that they're aware of that, that um, would need some help or assistance or where we could give that money, those that, which we could thank in some way. And so that's what we are going to do. And what we would love you to do over the coming few weeks is just to really pray and to seek God, say, what contribution, God, can I make at this time? But we do feel, again, this is another key part, a key ingredient, a key necessity of what it is that God God is calling us to do and to prepare. It's not that we, I'm not expecting us to have the, the whatever is given through the gift days to kind of be in and out of the account within one or two weeks. Actually, we want to have that provision so that when God leads us and those needs emerge, we can, we're in a position to be able to say, we can help in this. We can, we see that need and we want to be able to meet that need. So I hope that's okay. Well, I'm sure we'll expand, uh, explain that a little bit more over the coming weeks as well. But we wanted to share that with you today because we feel it's part of part of what God is calling us to, um, what God is speaking us to. And here's the last thing I want to say is that we are we also feel that we are to mo be mobilized within the church in terms of journeying alongside one another. We're looking at loving and serving our neighbors. We're looking at loving and serving our communities. But we also need to recognize that each one of us, we will also, all of us will be recovering in some way too as the weeks and months go by. Because we've all been impacted in varying, in varying ways and to various degrees. Some of us might have recognized and noticed that already. For, other, for others of us, we won't realize that until we exit lockdown and things start to I, I hate to say normal, but just start to maybe become a bit more familiar. At that point, I think some of us will, will realise just quite what this last year has 
the effect it's had. And I, again, I'm not saying that as something in terms of a, I don't want that to be an overly heavy thing. I think it's just helpful for us to be aware that all of us will have this process of, of recovery and restoration that needs to come through. And so, yes, we want to be looking outward to our communities and to our neighbours, but we also are walking together as brothers and sisters, caring for one another, loving one another. And we feel that one of the other things we need to be very active in and deliberate about is, is um, again, preparing ourselves and mobilising ourselves amongst the church to make sure we are journeying alongside one another. And actually, if that hasn't been for some, that may have already been happening for others, maybe feeling like it's not. But we don't we, we want to we want to move on well, don't we? We want to put healthy things in place, healthy relationships, healthy support in place. I went for a walk with our kids the other day. And I don't know if, you, if you've ever been on a walk with uh, with young children. You have to be prepared that the walk back is going to take a lot longer than the walk there. Uh, and particularly if you're in a hurry and you need to get back you need to take that into account and we we went off for a walk me and uh, and our kids had great fun in the woods and then on the way back Isaac the youngest was just flagging he was just he slowed right up to the point of just wanting to stop and it just made me realize actually isn't that so true of how we walk with one another and journey with one another there'll be various times where we'll be we'll just feel like yeah we can walk in through life with uh kind of real confidence and real energy and then there'll be other times where we're like i just don't feel like i've got you've got the energy for this not just physically but emotionally or spiritually there might be times where we feel like i just can't go on i just need to sit down and i need to stop but you know what happened in those times i was trying to encourage isaac and, that, and Eva was an absolute hero because she got alongside Isaac and she somehow found a way to get him to get home. Uh, and with real joy, he, it was a really fun and really joyful way as well. And it made me just think we need to be aware of one another and we need to be journeying together and walking with one another. For those who are feeling weary, for those who are feeling like I'd phys I just can't go on, I'm not sure what's going on. There'll be times where others of us just need to draw alongside and walk together. A couple of weeks ago, Steph and I joined with the Romford Gospel Plant Evening as they shared their plans and their visions. It's really exciting what they're doing. Hopefully we'll have a chance to share that with you soon. But during the evening, Martin Segal, he was sharing from the story of, um, of when there was, there was the man who was unable to walk and his, he wants to come to Jesus and he can't get to Jesus because it's too busy. And his friends carry him on their mat and they make a hole in the roof and they lower him down. And it was just this beautiful picture of how his friend, he, he was needing to come to Jesus and his friends were the ones that carried him to Jesus. And what Martin was sharing was that kind of within the context of mission and witness, he's saying, whose mat are you carrying and who is carrying your mat? Because this is, this is also, a, it's about mission, but it's about relationships. We don't work this out in isolation. And there's a call to be caring and to look out for one another, realizing that there will be times where people will need to be carried. We're realizing that there are times where people feel like I actually can't do this by myself, but there'll also be times where we need people to carry us to. We need to encourage one another with everything that we've been given, with prayer, with words, works and wonders, we, you know, we never move on from the wonder of the gospel. We need to be encouraging one another in the gospel, drawing each other's eyes back to Jesus, uh, helping one another if, if, with works and help seeing practical needs met, but also through wonders, uh, praying for one another for wonders as well and seeing God moving. So, yes, this is about what God is calling us to as we look out to our communities, but we need to be looking to one another as well, walking with one another thinking whose map am I carrying, but also who's carrying my map? Because all of us at some point will need others alongside to help us in the times where we are struggling. So I, I really want to encourage you in that. I think we need to be really active within this as a church, pursuing one another, carrying one another's maps, if you like, walking with one another. I want to say, if you feel like you're in a place where you're like, I don't actually have anyone who's doing that with me at the moment, please speak to your growth group leader, speak to one of us as elders. We will, we will get something in place and we will do something because it is so, so, so important that we journey together. This is about relationships and we want to move forward well into everything that God has for us. 
So we're to be mobilized in witness. We're to be mobilized in prayer and finance and among the church family. And as I said, we're considering these as elders. What does this look like for us as a church? What shape could it take? But let's all give ourselves in considering and responding to what God is calling us to. Carrie, can you, are you able to share um, the picture of what you felt God speaking to you to at the prayer meeting? I just felt it's really timely for what God has already been speaking this morning. And I think it just is another, yeah, a very timely and helpful provocation and encouragement to us. Sure. Um, so some of the bulbs in my garden have come up blind. Um, they don't have any flowers on and that's because I'm a little bit lazy because a, a good gardener lifts the bulbs every year after flowering and separates them and replants them in other places to encourage them to produce flowers. And a lot of us feel um, unproductive at this time. And we just want to go back to the way things were. But I think God is encouraging us precisely not to do that. Um, he wants us, he wants to mix it up a bit. And if we are brave and we follow his lead, I believe that we will see people flowering giftings. They never knew that they had. And more importantly, we will see God's kingdom increase as a result. And I was thinking on that this morning, that what God had shared and how actually that made me feel. And um, I just wanted to add that, you know, I know that change can unsettle people. I know that better than most. Um, but we sing about a good, good father. And the Bible tells us of God's great goodness, mercy and graciousness to his people and the marvelous plans he has for them. And we are his people. He has marvelous plans for us and we couldn't be in safer hands than those of our good good father brilliant thank you carrie I, I, yeah just kind of hearing carrie share a little bit um this morning um she messaged me this morning about that i just felt yeah what a helpful picture just let's we we, we trust that god is speaking to us about what he is going to do but be prepared for it to look different than it has done. Um, and it's, it's an exciting thing. It's a God thing. He made us. He knows our frame. He knows who he's, who he's made us to be. Uh, and again, just that's, it's, it's not change for change's sake. It's not change to make us feel uncomfortable. It's change that we would be ever more fruitful in the things that God has for us. It's hugely encouraging. We... Um, I just love each of us just to pray. I think it would be really important for us just to kind of root this in prayer. I know I've shared a lot. I know there's a lot to take in. Thank you for, for again for coming this morning. I just felt, you know, this is something for us to go away with and, and to consider what our response is going to be and to, to kind of weigh up what, what's been shared. Um, 